0: Next up on Power to the Patient.
1: What my journey has been like, and I noticed from my clients, and I like to tell people is the more raw fruits and vegetables you eat, the more your body rejects the things that are not good for it. So I started to get really sensitive to refined sugar. So even kombucha, I can only do two to four ounces at a time.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Power to the Patient. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Rosenthal. Please join us as we invite real people of all ages and backgrounds to share their personal stories of success, when and how they made it their priority to pivot towards better health. Let's welcome today's inspiring hero of health. Welcome to Power to the Patient. And today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Sam, and she has an inspiring and brilliant story that we thought would be amazing to share with you. So Sam, welcome. Um thank you. We are so delighted to have you and your big smile. Um, yes, happy to so, be here. <laughs> great. Um tell we'll just start out by just tell us a little bit about yourself. We're going to get into a lot about yourself. A little bit about your background, your age, where you live now. I think you're a west coaster, so just give us a little something about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I am 34 in Los Angeles and a a background about myself. I'm an integrative nutrition coach, also a community development professional. Um, I got into coaching, uh, you know, through a long journey that started from witnessing, you know, my grandma die long and slowly, home on hospice care due to complications from type 2 diabetes, uh, which, you know, triggered in me just like, realizing that food is just not worth that type of pain, plus the trauma it caused our family. We I come from a huge family. It, it really split us apart because the matriarch was the glue. Um, and then like four years after that, I found Dr. Neil Barnard's program for reversing diabetes and physicians committee, Dr. Joe Furman. So I was just soaking up all the books I was vegetarian for a couple of weeks uh, and went vegan and started getting into raw foods around the same time. That was like 2008. And um, two and a half years after that, I opened a raw vegan juice bar eatery uh, with my husband. We had that running for seven years in Chicago. And while that business was running, I started my coaching practice. Uh, we closed that business and I moved here to LA. And yeah, I got into food policy work and community development. And so now I'm applying my um, nutrition knowledge to community development and food policy. So to make a a long story short.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a great story. It sounds like a story about the painful situation with your grandma and yeah. You know often out of a a deep pain comes you know you turned it around and sort of made try to make things better for other people so maybe they wouldn't have to go through that which is pretty amazing and you turn the personal into professional it sounds like by making some radical changes around health which is a a kudos to you and lucky for your family and we're going to get into some of those details um so it sounds like you've had that experience but Growing up, we always start with like growing up because our families and our culture and our family culture and who cooks dinner and who buys the food and all of that, you know, is not really our choice, you know, growing up, right, when we're little, like you don't have a job, we don't have money, you know. Um, so just a little bit about growing up, like who would you say was like, we use the word like in charge, like who was in, like what were you guys eating? What you guys doing? what you, Were you talking about health at all? Uh, tell us a little bit about that, please.
1: Yes. So I remember before my grandma um, got diabetes or was diagnosed with diabetes, because the between from the time that she was like normal mm. <laughs> and then obese, like, you know, like she blew up on the medication. Right. She, there was a point where she was just a normal size and then she just all of a sudden had a, a distended stomach and. Um, so before when she was normal, like our food was basically um, ramen, cup of noodles, you know, ramen, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you just add the hot water in the styrofoam mm-hmm. cup. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we never looked at the back to see the thousand ingredient list. Um, which none of it is you can really read, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's
0: not really food, right? It's just, it's, it's easy, which a lot of us grew up with that. You just pour water, it was cheap, it was easy, and voila, there's dinner, right? But right. It's not that's not really food as we
1: are finding out, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can't find food on the back. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I used to love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pizza Pockets was my favorite thing, taquitos. I mean, all of this stuff came in bulk from Costco, you know, Mm, and mm. Costco was the trip. Like, you know, (laughs) you get to go and walk around to the different stations and they have all the food there. So the, you know, my mom owned a business and my dad had a six figure job, right? So he, my parents worked. I had a nanny and, um, my brother, is like 12 years older than me. So I spent a lot of time like at home by myself and had to have like meals on the ready, you know? And mm-hmm. so between um, the Costco meals and on the weekends, my mom would make, you know, Jamaican meals. My, my parents are from Jamaica, West Indies. So she would make, you know, chicken and curry goat and different things like that, um, like traditional dishes. Dumpling, mm-hmm. all of those types of things. Festival, festivals, delicious. Um, um, but then when my grandma got type two diabetes, you know, she and my mom sat with the doctors and the nutritionists, and they game planned what she should eat, which included things like orange juice, toast. You know, basic, basically the standard American diet. Mm-hmm. Um, there really wasn't that much change. Uh, to what she was eating, except, you know, sugar and starches was like, you know, an issue. And from that point, I found like my mom was really, um, I noticed that she was trying to educate me a little bit on nutrition because as she was preparing certain things like chicken and things like this, she would show me the fat that she would take off of Mm. it and she would boil it down and freeze it. And she would show that to me. It was really disgusting, but it never stopped me <laughs> from eating meat. Okay. Even though, and at the time I was I was lactose intolerant, quote unquote. We now know that we're actually lactose normal because most like most of us on the planet who are not, you know, white Europeans, we can we don't have the enzyme to digest milk and it's not even for human consumption, but anyway, I digress. Right. Agreed.
0: <laughs> the science shows that. Okay. So yes. it sounds like, you know, there wasn't, you know, Costco was your, your go-to, right? Like a lot yeah. of families, even now it's, you know, it's on the go, people are working, people are busy. It takes a lot of time as we know, but well worth it. Food purchase, food prep, thinking about food, right? It occupies about, I would say, I don't know, 70% of my brain, like all the time. <laughs> and that's like hard and that's a commitment, but you know, we need to do that. Right. To, you know, uh, our health is, you know, the food is, is core to our health. So unfortunately your grandmother, back to your grandmother, um, did she
1: change her diet radically or not so much or, you know, it didn't from, from, I mean, from where I'm sitting right now, it didn't seem like a radical change except, you know, my mom was really paying attention to certain types of things, which is basically what the American diabetes association recommends. Um, no candies, you know, stuff like that. And maybe my grandma used to eat, I'm not really sure, but her dietary change affected all of us because, you know, yes, I still had access to the food from Costco, but the food that my mom made, she wasn't about to make three, four different meals, you know, (laughs) it's just one meal for the family. And so if grandma can eat it, that's what we're all eating. So you got a little healthier is is what it sounds like, but yeah, yeah.
0: But not so much like not not like a big enough change to reverse your grandmother's diabetes a lot of our listeners may not know that type 2 diabetes with a whole food plant-based diet is the research shows this the science shows this reversible right within about 16 days right depending on the person right i don't know if that's the reason you're you're a health coach right these are things that we teach i teach my patients you teach your clients right which a lot of people don't realize they're walking around their entire lives you know, from a horrific chronic disease, right? Which is mostly reversible with dietary changes, which I find exciting and empowering. But first of all, people don't know that so much. So many doctors don't really know that, agreed. I don't know if the doctor, your grandma's doctor (laughs) was having that conversation. And quite honestly, even the, you mentioned the American Diabetes Association you know, I haven't looked at their site recently, but they recommend like red meat. And we know that that is a cause of diabetes, (laughs) which a
1: lot of people do. What's that? Yeah, they sure do. They were even featured in um, What the Health, I believe, which was really emotional for me to watch because it's so frustrating given the mountain of evidence we have around plant-based nutrition that they would continue to propagate this false information and like, take this money. And, you know, it's just, it's really, it's, 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 it's really frustrating. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping eventually that enough people around them get the message across, but at the end of the day, it seems like money is more powerful than even the research. Well, you're right about that.
0: That's why we want to just educate our listeners, right? on that you really have to think for yourself at times and waiting for your doctor to give you this information. We're going, we're going direct here. This is, you know, I consider this podcast a public service really about, you know, evidence-based and stories, people who have really taken charge like yourself in a radical way. So it sounds like, you know, the, the seed was planted, that health was important. Unfortunately, through the um, unfortunate story of your grandma right and you received a little bit of information but you you yourself and we're interested in you Sam you made some radical changes in your the way you were eating and it sounds like your husband may have been involved in that is that true did you did you yes. did you tell us that you cooked chicken for him like one of your first nights as a newlywed and he was like uh honey I'm vegan
1: yeah right right so <laughs> I um, got married um, my last semester in college, right. So um, during that time, you know, my mom used to make honey glazed chicken. It was my favorite. It was so good. So, you know, I'm now a newlywed living with my husband trying to be you know do all the wifey things and um i i called my mom i was like listen tell me how do you make this thing right because at this point my, my grandma had died uh four years prior but i had no new knowledge of the fact that it could have been avoided that her disease mm-hmm. could have been reversed right i only still knew at this point what um, the ADA, the American Diabetes Association, you know, promotes. Um, so anyway, I asked my mom for the recipe. She helped walk me through it and I prepared this meal. I turned to my husband, I'm like, hey honey, I have this honey glazed chicken. And he basically tells me he's not eating it because he's decided to go vegan. And I'm like, "Yeah, I just oh. spent hours <laughs> and I'm not a cook, you know? <laughs> So I really put my all into story. it. And I'm like, how are you just now vegan? Why did you never tell me this? Like after I made this whole thing. Um, and so then that opened up a conversation. Are you still married? Yes, we are still married. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yes, Sorry, I didn't, go ahead. I didn't know, run into divorce at that point, <laughs> even though okay, I was pretty frustrated. Um Yeah, so he he basically opened Pandora's box and showed me the things that he was watching and reading and like explaining the logic of, you know, Mm -hmm. how he came to this decision. And I remember watching a video that on YouTube that made so much sense to me, it was a anthropologist talking about the human physiology and how it's just not made to eat flesh you know, and that the the reason why we're dying from these preventable diseases is because we are consuming carcasses, you know, the length of our intestines, how our teeth are, you know, our teeth are not similar to meat meat eating animals, you know, we're not carnivores. And, you know, all of these things. So all of it made sense. And um, just a quick tip for people who are listening, because we don't have, time to really go into all of it. But Dr. Dr. Doug Graham's 80, 10, 10 book, he has a whole section with it, like a chart on all the different, you know, parts of our body comparing um, meat eating animals to herbivores, right? And how they're different. Like our, our physiology basically dictates the types of food that we are supposed to be consuming for optimal health and longevity. So anyway, this, this guy was talking about this on YouTube and it made total sense to me. So I was, I, I made the transition pretty quickly. I was vegetarian for a couple weeks. And um, how did you feel after being vegetarian for, cause we're interested in, so you,
0: your body and yes. how do you feel mentally and physically after doing the two weeks? Cause that's interesting because I I often propose a two week challenge to my patients when they're not feeling great or when they have pain or, you know, if they're pre-diabetic or diabetic, like just try
1: it for two weeks. Do you remember how you felt at that time? Cause that was, you know, several years ago.
0: Do you remember feeling Yeah, I mean,
1: it was, it was an exciting time. I definitely had some health changes happen. <laughs> um, some pretty dramatic ones. Cause I'm from Queens, New York. And I would get allergies, you know, around allergy season, springtime, like really, really bad, where I would want to pluck my eyeballs out and just throw them in a glass of water. Um, I didn't experience that anymore. I used to get quarterly colds. And I'm talking like, I don't know how graphic I can get on here, but it was pretty bad. (laughs) It's a medical show, go ahead. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yes, the mucus was so bad, it would, it would be green. That's how, like how bad the infection would be. And I would get that four times a year. Um, and when I went vegan, I didn't have that. Like I hardly get a cold, you know? That, that's incredible, your body really changed because with the fuel
0: you were feeding it, the information for your cells, right? That was an objective change for the better. Just right. by changing your food. Did you do anything else at the time? You know,
1: you exercising
0: more, um, stressing yeah, less, so I've, meditating. I've done,
1: yeah. I've done some experiments. Um, the So I, in the Bay Area, there was a period, because that's where I was when I went through this transition. I was living in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, I was exercising a lot, you know, because I went from New York, concrete jungle, to like this oasis, this paradise, you know, where this it's just nice weather. And so I was running around outside a lot. But at that time, I actually gained weight, even though I had these health um, improvements, I gained Mm -hmm. weight because I did not like vegetables. So I was eating a lot of A, B, and J sandwiches, almond butter and jelly sandwiches, (laughs) um, a lot of pasta, you know, and yeah, and so I was trying to get into vegetables. And the only way I could see myself getting into it was green smoothies. So I was doing the green smoothies and doing bread and pasta. The bread and pasta had me balloon to my heaviest weight. I'm 5'3", and I got up to like 140 pounds. At the time, that was the heaviest I had ever been. Uh, during COVID, I got up to 142, but we don't have to tell anybody.
0: you look gorgeous
1: and it's about how
0: you feel but yeah i may i may i just interject you bring up something very important because you know people throw around the word you know vegetarian and vegan and i call it like the oreo vegan right oreos are vegan right you can eat You know, it's not what you're only what you're eating. It's what you're not eating. If you're not eating enough fruits and vegetables, you know, you don't have the impact of having a nutrient-rich, high-fiber diet, which is the healthy part of being vegetarian or vegan. And a lot of people really, you know, they 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 would stop at where you were, which is, oh my God, I gain weight, and they don't realize actually that you know, just eating pasta and bread is not giving yourself. Yes, you're technically Vegetarian or vegan, depending on what you're eating, right? Um, but you're not really healthy, so that's a giant point, right? People could be a potato chip, Oreo, bread, pasta eating vegetarian and vegan, but that doesn't get you any brownie points, if you will, for being healthy. Yeah. So that so ha- you figured that out and you started eating more fruits and vegetables, hopefully beans, nuts, yes, that kind of thing. Okay, nothing wrong with almond butter, but the jelly and the bread. Yeah. As I would say, not doing yourself a favor from a health standpoint, correct? Or yeah. Yes? Yeah. Know. It was
1: pretty much the wheat. And, you know, I'm, I've now discovered after being on this journey for 13 years that I am sensitive to wheat. I will gain weight very quickly, like noticeably gain weight within a week. If I have that on a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, I'm sensitive to gluten. You know, I get the, the brain fog, lethargy can no longer focus that type of thing. So, Um, Yeah. And I had always even, you know, throughout my childhood, because my mom, you know, I, I was really, I've always been very close with my mom, right? My mom's my best friend. She was always very much into how she looked. She's a cosmetologist. She owned a salon. Mm. And so she was always like conscious about her body and her size. So she would, she was always into fitness, you know? And so when I started to see that I was gaining weight, I just was not comfortable, you know? I didn't like seeing it. it.
0: (laughs) Interesting because what we eat, you know, beauty on the inside, beauty on the outside, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, health shows, health literally shines through the body, right? So that's interesting. And all of us care how we look. We want to have a nice presentation, right? But, um, you know, and food supports that, you know, better skin, better digestion, right? Not putting poison, if you will, in our bodies, right? Affects how we feel and function and how we look. So, you know, we're all a little vain, right? <laughs> so, you know, that, you know, eating fruits and vegetables gives us like a glow, right? Of health. So that's um, interesting. Let me ask you who, it sounds like you've had some support during, you know, during this journey, right? I'm, I'm hearing your, um, you learned from your grandma. Unfortunately, she didn't, she wasn't around long enough to make the change for herself um, your husband who was vegan. And for what reason, by the way, do, did you, do you know, like health, animals, environment, all of it, or yeah.
1: Yeah. Health, definitely health. Yeah.
0: Oh, health. Okay.
1: So that was his,
0: like, I'm going to get healthy, which is amazing. Cause that was like years ago and he was a young guy, you know, right? yeah. like, so that's, he really took control o- over that. It sounds like you were getting there anyway. And he was like a tailwind for you, right? <laughs> a bit. For, well, he, for he healthier. was,
1: He was leading it. He was leading the way because he introduced me to it. And he's a really great cook. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, he
1: is just skillful in the kitchen. And um, on the journey, he would make a lot of the meals. So I didn't really have to worry about that. And it was tasting so good. So I feel like that was a major part of me being able to stick with it. Plus the fact I was in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area, you know, we were walking distance from Whole Foods, Trader Joe's very close to uh, Berkeley Bowl, which is like one of the best uh, grocery stores I've ever been to. <laughs> if you're ever in Berkeley, check out Berkeley Bowl. I feel like I should just go to check it out. Like <laughs> yeah. Seriously, just their produce section is the size of most grocery stores. Wow, wow. <laughs> yes, and um, just all of that. And plus they, we had Cafe Gratitude was really hot at that time and they mm-hmm. were only selling raw foods. And we would go to a lot of events around raw foods, you know, and they were diverse, like the Bay Area is a really diverse area. Um, And so it was just a really great time, like, you know, because love was involved, the food was there and ready and was good, and the environment supported it, you know, so it was just a perfect environment for me to be in at that time what a beautiful way to be supported. And
0: you bring up something which is very important, which is like food access, right? And choices and um, super important. And we know there are communities that don't have, you know, that kind of availability. And I always, you know, give a shout out to living here in New York city on the streets of New York that my fruit guys on the corner, right? Not always organic, not, you know, but sometimes yes, try to do that, but at least there's fruits and vegetables around and uh, the economy, the biggest myth out there is that food's expensive, right? Like health, healthy food is expensive. And I'm always like, beans and you know, vegetables are you know kind of the way to go and it's really not. So that's a, a myth that you know, uh, is really you know, keeping people back when they really should be going forward with adding more fruits and vegetables into their life. Let me ask you, because there's a question we ask everybody and it sounds like you have many, but what would you say is your biggest health superpower?
1: Uh, My biggest health superpower, well, um, one of them, I I used to deny a lot. My mom used to always say, I'm very disciplined. And I used to say, listen, we're all disciplined at the things we care about, right? So so like, (laughs) I don't want to hear that excuse, but I actually did the Clifton Strengths Finder. It turns out that is my number one strength. You're disciplined. (laughs) I'm disciplined. (laughs) So I guess she's right. She was onto something, you know? (laughs) Well, discipline's
0: important. It keeps us on track, right? It does. Yeah. I I think any, I think success in anything and including health is, you know, a discipline or maybe another word is commitment, right? Um, But it sounds like you've got that, you know, warm landing, that loving landing around you of love, like you said, a husband who's masterful in the kitchen, right? Um, Access to good fruits and vegetables, even though I'm, now you're in LA, you're not in Berkeley, exactly, or, you know, the Bay Area, but you know, it's, um, you know, just having a supportive environment, but also seeking it out, right? Like it could be around us and we could be going for the, you know, potato chips or something. So having that discipline, and I'm sure now I don't, I I don't want to assume, but you feel so good and you're on such a path, like you're not going back,
1: right? Like you're not. Right. Yeah. So I explained to you like I used to take Theraflu from for colds, you know. Mm. And when you take Theraflu, it's like a sedative. It just at least that was my experience. It would just knock me out. I would have I would be sleeping for eight hours, you know. Mm. Um, and I don't have to do that anymore. Those colds, those infections, I used to get basically every four years. It would have an odor, like when I look. At these ads on TV of the pizza and they're pulling the cheese and stuff, all I see is mucus, you know. So (laughs) I I I don't that image. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't see this stuff as food, you know. Right, right. The hard the hard thing for me was um cereal because as a child, I used to have, you know, my family's from Jamaica, so in Jamaica. The tradition is to have a hot breakfast. <laughs> mm. um, so, and I was born and raised in Queens, New York. So what I did was I would have cereal, but I would have hot milk with it. So it's American cereal, right? Like the frosted flakes and the honey nut cereals, of course, because my shows right. had the tiger and the bee saying, Hey, eat meat me, me. commercials. And, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they got me when I was young. I had a, a TV in my my, my room since I was a child, you know, I, I I would do my homework during commercial breaks, right? So I was very much into TV, watching TV. So they got me hooked with the honey nut cereals and the Frosted Flakes. And as an adult, even when I made that transition and was really working to be, you know, as much raw as possible, get into hundred percent raw, I was trying to divorce myself from the cereal, but I found it difficult. And I realized it's because food is, food can be more than food for folks, you know? And for me, this felt like warmth. It felt like love. It felt like home, you know, mm. it felt like mm. security. Like my childhood was so loving, warm and secure and eating cereal made me feel all those things. You know? mm. And so to, and I knew I had to divorce myself from that because what my journey has been like, and I noticed from my clients, and I like to tell people is the more raw fruits and vegetables you eat, the more your body rejects the things that are not good for it. So I started to get really sensitive to refined sugar. So even kombucha, I can only do two to four ounces at a time. <laughs> so one ounce bottle changed- lasts me a week.
0: You've wow, that's good because they're that's expensive. I tried making my own, but that's a whole other story. But it sounds like what you say is so true, right? You've changed your whole microbiome, right? Yeah. All the organisms that live in your gut, right, because of the way you're eating. And you made so many important points of that we associate, you know, food with love and nurturing and social and our culture and we all have that right I mean I grew up Jewish so it's a lot of like you know meats on the holidays and heavy starches and like all stuff you know I had this conversation with my daughter who studied nutrition as well you know like like what do you do how do you stay connected to your culture and your family and that feeling of home right Um, our answer is to just sort of swap out like little things like I'm just suggesting like oats, like a whole grain oatmeal, right? If you can tolerate that, that's a hot cereal and better than Tony the Tiger Frosted Flakes, like pre-diabetic, right? Like there's ways to, and it's really a thinking. Everything is thinking. Everything starts with the brain, right? Of like wanting your health you know, and knowing that you're making good choices and then inspiring others for the same, because there's nothing fun, homey, warm, loving about a chronic disease, right. really, right? But, you know, just that honest conversation with ourselves and sharing, sharing love, right? He's sharing love with you in a healthy way that's supporting your health, right? And now I'm sure you picked up a little bit of the cooking skills, you know, as well. So it's about- happen. Um, you know, happen. learning and- <laughs> <laughs> okay okay good that's good that's good to know um sounds like even I, t- I looked at some of the testimonials on your site you've inspired so many people um, to sort of get on this path you went through this yourself and you know you you share um very successfully with other people um any sort of pearls of wisdom for our listeners that you know anything that you would want to share that you think is important to get out there
1: yeah, I would say do the best you can. I know some of us are in difficult situations where we, you know, we struggle for access to healthy foods, but like you mentioned earlier, just do the best you can. Get what you you can that's, you know, lentils, beans, rice, whatever it is and season it with all of the things that you know you like to taste. So you mentioned something about like cultural dishes. So I've used jerk seasoning, like, you know, in, in the Jamaican tradition, we like to use jerk. And so you can jerk season chickpeas, you can jerk season lentils, you can jerk season even rice, you know, um, yeah. you can even use jerk season and make a salad dressing. So like all of the, the flavors that you love, you can you know, put it towards plant-based meals to really make it your own and make it enjoyable.
0: Oh, I love that. That is an excellent essence. Some of those spices are actually anti-inflammatory and, you know, helpful, right? So yeah. that's an amazing tip. Tell us, so what's Sam, amazing journey, amazing story. You've inspired so many people. Any new health goals for you? Anything upcoming that
1: you want to share?
0: It doesn't yeah, have to health- be
1: food. You can talk about anything else. <laughs> I have two goals right now um, i'm 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 really good at overbooking myself so I'm trying to rest more. <laughs> There's a whole Got like it. rest activism going on and I'm all for it i'm I'm trying to do more of that, which includes napping because you and making myself okay with napping like it helps to reset the brain so it's okay um, yes. and also toning up i've I've joined the studio and I'm starting to tone trying to get fit. And, and, um, you know, this COVID-19, the pandemic really, it hit us all. And it definitely hit me. I'm not immune. Like I got sedentary and I was doing some walking, but my, um, exercise routine definitely fell off. So I'm trying to get back into some lifting some weights and doing some resistance training and things like that.
0: Well, that that's amazing. And definitely, you know, the science agrees with you, like well worth it, you know, goals of first of all, neuroscience and the recovery of the brain. Like that's when we get, you know, we're not machines. We often think, you know, oh my God, I'm behind. And there's so much, and there's so much coming at us, you know, computer, social media, learning more. Now we have access to so much like online and we could always do better. And, you know, us um, enthusiastic people, as I say, you know, yeah. have to really kind of build in the, the quiet time, right. As like a as like a healthy breeding ground to just reset, you know, and let things come in rather than just giving out, you know, all the time. So that's a very worthwhile, you know, goal to keep your, you know, keep your, to take care of yourself and keep your mind and body kind of, you know, fertile for health, you know, going forward. And then the other thing you said, which is movement, which is another very important part. Um, and walking counts, you mentioned walking, um, so many people think they have to, you know, you know be, you know, do the like a boot camp or you know I got to go soul cycle five times a <laughs> I have to run a marathon or I'm like no 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 like one that's okay if you want to do that if it works for you but at least an hour, you know, uh in nature, you know, is is really known to kind of help reboot and you know uh walking outside in nature is one of the best things we can do and it's enough. Right. I mean, congratulations on all of the changes you've made and helping thank other you. people make the changes as well. And it's people like you who, you know, are especially you who are spreading the word and, um, you know, keeping others sort of on the track to feel better and function better. We really appreciate having you
1: and thank you for this very inspiring conversation. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: I'm your host, Dr. Lily Rosenthal, with a giant thank you to my partner and the amazing team at MedShadow. MedShadow is a nonprofit whose mission is committed to educating the public on science-based options for making the best healthcare decisions for ourselves and our families. Perhaps you or someone you know have a success story to share. Have you avoided surgery or medication by adopting a healthier lifestyle? Have you beat or reversed a chronic disease by changing the way you eat, sleep, or move? Have you lost weight and got healthier? We would love to hear from you. Please email us at powertothepatientpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, be well and stay healthy.